What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast along with Aaron Fitt. I am John Manuel. We welcome you to the DeMarini Demo House podcast nook here at Baseball America World Headquarters in Durham, North Carolina. And when it comes to buying a baseball bat, DeMarini just changed the game. Introducing Demo House, where you can step into the cage and hit the latest from DeMarini before you buy, because there's no substitute for hitting a real baseball, or talking to people who know both bats and batting. Your demo time in the cage is free, so get the season started right. Visit your nearest demo house today. Locations and full details can be found at demarini.com backslash demo house. And Aaron, it's our first college podcast of 2010. Or 2010. I really don't have a problem either way. Me neither. There's been I a debate not, about that. But I, I, will, I will not join a Facebook group either way on that one. <laughs> they can stick it. I'm not joining. I have no preference on how you pronounce the season or the year, but I am excited about college baseball being here, and I, I think I'm actually more excited about another year of college podcasts. Absolutely. Let's, let's bring it on. Let's bring it. Our college top 25 revealed Wednesday, January 27th. Where were you when our top 25 was revealed? You can email us at podcast at baseballamerica.com. <laughs> And Aaron, uh, let's, let's dive, in, dive right in. We had quite a debate uh, at the top. We really went back and forth a lot. And I would say that our decision between one and two was difficult. There wasn't really a third team, though, for right. us. It really was between Virginia and Texas. And we went a little bit back and forth. And I don't think it was because we were in Dallas, Texas, that we decided Texas. But we settled on the Texas Longhorns at number one. I'm not sure we thought it would be coming out of Omaha last year, and I think we're still there now. Why Texas number one and not Virginia? Well, there's there's two reasons, I think. First of all, it's just the pitching. I mean, their pitching is so, so very good. Yeah. Uh, their top five is just completely unmatched by anybody, and they've got plenty of depth beyond that. I think they scored a 75 out of 80 on the fit matrix. Yeah, is that you, correct? you probably could have given them an 80. I just don't know if I'm comfortable giving out 80s. But, uh, <laughs> I'm with you. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's, it's an incredibly good pitching staff. Um, you know, and, and I think the lineup will be improved over last year. Um, You've still got some key pieces in there, like your Cameron Rupps and your Brandon Loys and uh, Connor Rao. And, and, you know, the key is how are these new players kind of fit into the mix. They're, they're re- replacing uh, some key parts like Brandon Belt and Travis Tucker and, you know, Michael Torres. Those guys are gone. But uh, from what we've been able to gather, the, the guys that they're sliding in are, are good athletes. Or they can swing the bats. Uh, I think they're going to be okay. So um, the other reason, though, John, is just because they're Texas. That's I mean, right. When it comes down to it, you know, they've got more of a track record than Virginia. Uh, I'm incredibly excited about Virginia's talent. Uh, I, I really like their coaching staff. I think that they're, they're a great program, and they made it to Omaha last year. But it's a little bit different to, to, to wear the bullseye of preseason number one. Um, 
you know, not all teams handle that very well. So, I don't know, I just think Texas just seems like a little bit of a safer bet. You, you just have a feeling they're going to be in Omaha. I, I can't see them getting tripped up, and, and, you know, I think that they're good enough to win it all. I think you've also made the point to me, uh, and I think it's a good point, that this Texas team resembles in a lot of ways the 05 team, which had lost in 04 in the finals to Fullerton, came back the next year, won the national championship. Uh, coincidentally, I believe, that 04 team also lost its closer, Houston Street. The next year, J.B. Cox stepped in and, and closed and was tremendous in Omaha. The Longhorns won that national championship. Uh, this team loses Austin Wood. Really, in my mind, the biggest loss from last year's team is probably Austin right. Wood. I think a huge key. I don't think I would have picked Texas over Virginia if not for the fact that Russell Moldenauer has really had a disappointing college career. I mean, this was an unsigned third-round pick at a high school. He doesn't really even play a position. Right. So he's not, I mean, he wasn't even drafted last year as a junior. But the fact that he hit those four home runs in the College World Series last year, it's still in there. He's got yeah. power. So they don't have great power. But if Russell Moldenauer has the kind of year that I think he can have, a 10 to 12 home run season, just be a consistent presence in the middle of the lineup, you put that lefty bat in there with Kevin Keyes and Cameron Rupp. That's pretty good. You got a right, left, right in the middle. I'm re- I'm a big Cameron Rupp fan. Yep. Um, I think that I think they do have a middle of the lineup, and and you know that Augie Garrido can manufacture uh, the runs uh, when he needs to. Uh, they can skill it up when they need to. So I think Texas has multiple ways to score. I do think Maldonado is a big key for them. And he had a good fall, too. It's worth noting. He kept on hitting some home runs in their, their fall um, scrimmages that they played against some other programs. I think he's important. I think they've got to have a lefty bat with some thump in there. To uh, and you go back, I actually just stumbled upon uh, some of my 2002 uh, college series coverage when I was looking up stuff for our best of the decade. And, uh, you know, that team in Texas, I remember I did a chat in the middle of that college series where I was surprised by Texas's power. And they hit a home run every game, I believe, in the 2002 yeah. series on their way to win the championship. So Augie's teams have had a history of a lot of the guys lose in Omaha before they win. They lost in 2000, but they got there in 2000. That really laid the groundwork for 2002. Uh, they lost in 04, laid the groundwork for 05. I think losing in 09 will help them in 2010. Me too. But I'll tell you what, Virginia, uh, top to bottom, I didn't have a problem ranking Virginia ahead of LSU or ahead of Rice or Fullerton, three programs with much more pedigree, much more recent history. But the job that Brian O'Connor, our assistant coach of the year, Kevin McMullen, uh, their pitching coach, Carl Kuhn, those guys, the job that staff has done and that program has done, taking Virginia from a program where in 2001 they tried to de-emphasize the baseball program to basically a Division three level. And now they're the number two preseason team in the country, and they're coming off an Omaha trip, and they're the only team that beat Steven Strasburg last year. The, the unbelievable progress that program has made, if they win it all in 2010, I don't think anybody should be no. shocked. They're, they're really good. They're deep. They're balanced. There's um, not a hole. There's not a hole in, in, the starting, in the starting nine, but I'll tell you what else. They've got insane depth off the bench with that with that recruiting class, class that they just brought in, uh, I mean, you know, they can they can afford injuries even. I mean, it's 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 insane. <laughs> they still have Keith Warman, you know, the the Commonwealth yeah. Series hero. Uh, he's not even projected to start for them because they, where do you put him? Yeah, no, I mean, there's it's, nowhere it's, to put him. It's just a, a the lineup is exciting. It's athletic. They're it's strong got up the speed. Middle. They're strong up the middle defensively. They've got power. Uh, they're they're going to be like Texas. They're going to hit more home runs on the road and and, and Rosenblatt potentially, uh, than they will at home. But don't be fooled by the, the low power numbers. I mean, you know, Stephen Procia and 
uh, Jared Parker. These guys have, have some pop, and, and they've got a bunch of other guys here who, who you know, are going to go deep now and then, too. So They've got a proven closer, a veteran guy. They've got yeah. veterans in the bullpen. They've got pitching depth. They've got my, my favorite guy in college baseball, Bullet, Bullet Bob, Bob. Morey, Robert Morey, uh, moving into the weekend rotation, the guy who beat Steven Strasburg. I mean, I, uh, Virginia is just set up, and I mean, uh, one of the bottom lines for me in not choosing them number one was it's the ACC. I mean, I'm sorry if you think I'm silly for that. The league hasn't won it in uh, – a league team has not won the national championship since 1955. Texas has six titles. Augie himself has five. Uh, you know, this is how the ring looks. You know, I mean, I, there's no other way to put it. That experience and that tradition counts for me. Yeah. And if, if, I, if Virginia played Texas in the championship series – that that matters to me. The fact that uh, that Augie has won it, and no one on the other side has, and I, I just think that matters uh, when there's not that much difference between the teams. I think Texas is pitching. I also will take Texas starting staff and pitching staff overall. I think has a, a good leg up on Virginia's. Virginia's is yes, very good, competitive with anyone else in the country. Texas is kind of on a plane all, all its own. No uh, question. In my but it mind. was a pretty spirited debate, I would say. And we, we went, went back and forth a lot on this. Yeah. And Virginia, if Virginia were number one, or if there are a billion polls out there, and if somebody ranks Virginia number one, that's not going out on all in. Virginia is, a, in most years, would be a very deserving number one team. But there's not a team, you don't usually have a team like Texas that takes a, what, a Cole Green who won, what, 10 games last year? Yeah. And takes them out of the rotation and sticks them in closer because they have four other guys sure. they can start. Or they could do that with Chance Ruffin. It sounds like they're not, they haven't quite decided yet. Right. It might actually be Ruffin be the guy at the back of the bullpen. And he's, he's closed a little bit in the past, so right, exactly. that would make some sense. It would make some sense. So, I mean, Texas just has that luxury um, where they can take one of their best pitchers and put them in the bullpen because yeah. they have four other guys. And I also think Taylor Youngman, he might be – the best pitcher in yeah. the country. I mean, <laughs> yeah. He might be. I mean, we saw him in Omaha. I, I mean, mean, he shut down a really good LSU team in that second game out there. That was he was outstanding. Impressive. I don't think he has. I don't think he has Garrett Cole's stuff. But it's I don't not think, far off. I don't think Garrett Cole has Taylor Youngman's mound presence or a, a savvy. And I'll so. tell you what, the the reports I hear say Taylor Youngman ran it up to ninety six, ninety seven this fall. So uh, I, I, that's very believable off what he did in Omaha yeah. last year because that guy was dirty. So uh, Texas won, Virginia two. A lot of familiar names at, uh, in the top ten, Aaron. LSU, the defending national champions, three. Cal State, Fullerton, four. Rice, five. And the thing that stand out to me about these teams is that uh, LSU has uh, the top pitching prospect in the country in Anthony Renato for this year's draft, plus the top closer in Matty Ott, uh, which is a pretty great combination. And then Fullerton returns just about everybody. You know, A lot of very important pieces off last year's team that – Went into Omaha as one of the favorites. They were certainly the favorite in their own mind. And then Rice, which might have the best lineup in the country. Yeah, you know, the the thing that separates LSU and Fullerton for me, uh, they've got better pitching than Rice. I mean, Rice has, has really to answer some questions, um, you know, on the mound because they don't have Ryan Berry anymore. Mike Gojla is going to be out for at least half the year. It's really amazing uh, to talk about Rice and a deficit of pitching. I know, it? it is, but uh, they're still number five because their their lineup is just so good. I mean, this is the one lineup that I think might be better than Virginia's out there. And if you have to pick one hitter that you want up in the country in any situation, Anthony, it's Rendon. Anthony Rendon, yeah. I think. Absolutely. And it's, they've got him, yeah. I, I, again, I love the versatility of this lineup, the speed, the athleticism, the defense. Um, that's, what makes that, that's what makes Rice stand apart. 
and and we know Wayne Graham and David Pierce are going to find answers on the mound. That's what they do. They're rice. Uh, Taylor Wall, you know, as a Friday guy, he's got some potential there. He's not going to he's not going to overpower you, uh, but he can pitch. You know, he's he's proven himself as as a competitor. And if he doesn't throw strikes, he'll get off the mound. <laughs> I mean, that's what <laughs> Wayne will have. So we'll get someone out there who will throw strikes. Right. So, and I, I do think Mike Ogil is a a huge key for them if Rice can position itself to host a regional or maybe a super regional without Mike Ojala, then he could maybe come in in the second half of the season and get up to speed and yeah. and really be a key piece for them in a postseason push. Because you know, Rice is actually, you know, since that 2003 championship, but they went to Omaha three straight years and were the favorite a couple times and uh, stopped by the Beavers a couple times right. before even getting to the, to the Caldwell Series finals. So uh, Rice has been, I don't know about if I'd say snake bitten, but they haven't exactly been at their best their last few trips to Omaha. Right. So I think that uh, Wayne Graham, you know, he's 74 years old. I think he'd like to be at his best in Omaha sooner than later. Um, so we'll have a story on that in our college preview issue about the seemingly ageless Wayne Graham. Right. I'm looking forward to that uh, story as well. And then, uh, you know, Aaron, for me, Georgia Tech at six was right in that discussion with these other clubs. But yeah. uh, there's just a little bit different mojo with Georgia Tech than there is for Fullerton, Rice, or LSU. Right. Uh, Georgia Tech frequently has been better on paper than it has been in reality. Is that a fair label to slap I, on that program? I think it is fair, and it's probably the reason they didn't rank higher, because they, uh, I think top to bottom they're a more balanced team on paper than Rice is. Um, I think that's talent very wise, fair. I mean, especially on the mound, it's, it's, they, they, they should blow Rice away on the mound. But, uh, I mean, they've got obviously a proven number one guy, very intriguing you know other arms that in, in this in this staff with Brandon Compton and Mark Pope and Kevin Jacob, guys that I really like, uh, Jed Bradley. The problem is, you know, they, those guys don't really have great track records of success. They've got great arms. Let's see them do it. Um, yeah, Kevin Jacob up to 98, yeah. up in the Alaska League. Mark Pope, I've heard of 96, 97 in shorter bursts. He'll be moving in the rotation. You've seen Brandon Compton throw very well. Yeah. We both are big Dyke McGuire fans. I mean, that's a that's a fearsome foursome yep. to use the football term. And then up the middle, they have some experience. This team has as much thump as anybody. You're talking about a, a shortstop with power and Derek Dietrich. I mean, Matt Skoll, I mean, like that's his, that's his tool. Yeah, he's a <laughs> big old a master. Yeah. He's a beast. He's incredibly physical, a lot of power. Even their guys who are more athletic guys, the Dancers and the Rollins, uh, Rollins those guys hit for some power. Uh, Tony Plagman, he's a masher at first base. So they've, they've got as much power as any team in the country, really. I think so. Um I wonder if they're a team that well, – my questions about Georgia Tech are, will they play to their potential A, and can they hit quality pitching? I think they're going to beat up on – I think they're going to put up a lot of 15-run games on Sundays in conference play. At the end of a weekend when a team's out of pitching, I think Georgia Tech's going to punish those kind of teams. I think you're right. Um, but will Georgia Tech – what will they do on Friday nights when they face another team's best pitcher? Can they put together quality at bats? You know, Plagman's pretty aggressive. Skulls prone to strikeouts. They have some guys who are some strikeout guys. I wonder about Georgia Tech against quality pitching. That's, that, that's the only real concern I have about that team. I, I think this is a, uh, you know, the ACC's track record in, in Omaha is terrible. They have three teams in our top ten this year, and, and I, Florida and State, Georgia Tech, and uh, and Virginia. Do you think we could have in recent years the ACC's had two, three teams to Omaha? Sure. Uh, every year, do you think that's another year where they might do that? I, I think so. I think. Uh, between Virginia, Georgia Tech, Florida State, and, and you know, I also really like Clemson's team, and I think Miami's got a chance to make a run. So you have five ACC teams in the top 16, 
And one of those teams is not North Carolina, which has right. been the best program in the league in the second half of the last decade and right. four straight trips to Omaha. So. I, I think Florida State is a team that you have to make sure you don't look past either. I mean, they um, they got their entire weekend rotation back, and those guys aren't, you know, again, they're not overpowering. They're, they're Florida State typical pitchers. They're going to compete and pound the strike zone and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, um, you know, that's another guy who really knows how to manage his pitching staff is Mike Martin. Um, he's going to get the most out of his guys, just like Wayne Graham is, and and you know they're going to hit. They've got three All Americans back in the lineup from yep. last year, um, and and a solid supporting cast. Florida State's a team that uh, I think is very dangerous. I tell you, a Rice Florida State Cobble <laughs> Series championship series that would be a lot of fun that just to watch. Like combined coaches, age, so. like uh, those coaches, is uh, that would be fun to watch. <laughs> I would enjoy. Mike Martin and Wayne Graham shutting down Rosenblatt. Who can walk slower to the mound. <laughs> That's where I was headed. So it's the Baseball America podcast along with Aaron Fitt. I'm John Manuel. We're talking about our college top 25. We've got another septuagenarian, soon-to-be septuagenarian, coaching UC Irvine in Mike Gillespie. And certainly the Anteaters will be very good again this year. There's probably no team that benefited more from their juniors turning down pro ball and coming back as seniors Van Irvine with Daniel Babona, their number one starter, uh, Christian Bergman, their number two, and uh, their closer, Eric Pettis. Um, I mean, that you know, did anybody else get more back uh, from the draft? And I guess Francis Larson also was a junior, right? Coming back at the senior, their their catcher, who's their leading power plant, basically on a team that usually likes to skill it up offensively. But they, they you know, they they weren't a bu- they were a bunting team last year, but they weren't like a big running team. They just are a line drive, right, that's build it. big rallies uh, offense. And you've got to have some guys with big-time gap power. And uh, getting Larson back was huge. I know they lost uh, their second-leading home run hitter, Brock Bardeen, who had seven hits last year, six of them being home runs, <laughs> which I just was a fun stat I looked up last night. But uh, I, I think Irvine's a legitimate yeah. threat to get and, back to Omaha as well. And getting Brian Hernandez is huge for them. You know, a guy who had to sit out last year. He was expected to be their number three hole hitter last year. Uh, he's the best hitter on this team. So, I mean, getting him at third base is huge. Uh, the, the major question with Irvine is who's going to play shortstop. you got big shoes to fill there with Ben Orloff, the clear leader of that team, um, an elite defensive player, and really the spark plug for that offense. Um, you know, I think D- DJ Crumlick's got a chance to play shortstop. The guy that I really like, Tommy Reyes, is also in the discussion there. Those two guys are competing for that job right now. Um, but, I mean, this team is deep. They're experienced. They're going to be there. This, this, this is Irvine. I mean, at this point, you know, we pretty much know what we're going to get from these guys. And it's uh, Ten years ago, there wasn't even a program it's there. It's amazing, isn't it, it? And they're on their third coach, and they still, <laughs> from John Savage, Dave Serrano, Mike Gillespie, they've had three great coaches there. Yeah. And uh, it, it's impressive. It's been a very impressive uh <coughs> It's been. I mean, I know they have advantages of where they are and the strength of the University of California system, the kind of kids it allows them to recruit, all that kind of stuff. But uh, they've taken advantage of their uh, of their their strengths, unlike, say, UCLA, which has more of the all the same strengths plus the tradition and all that kind of stuff. But uh, it sounds like Irvine has a better ballpark. Yeah, and they have oh, a better yeah, and, close. and they have a better baseball program. It's amazing in a way that John Savage left Irvine, went to UCLA, and is really at the lesser program right. um, at UCLA. There's no, there's no other way to put it. Uh, it's the Baseball America podcast. And Aaron, while we're talking on the West Coast, how about we go on a West Coast riff here? Sure. We mentioned Irvine. We have Fullerton as our top West Coast team, and I think that's natural. The Titans are very good. They probably have the best player on the West Coast in Christian Colon. Uh, they're probably the best pitching staff on the West, although Irvine would definitely contend with them for that. I think Fullerton's depth – on the mound is a, is a huge asset oh, yeah. for the Titans. 
Uh, but we were talking about the two top Big West teams. Uh, who who are the other top teams in the West? Because really the Pac-10 uh, had a rough year last year in a lot of ways. Arizona State has been the, really the best program in that in that uh, conference consistently. Of course, Oregon State's the one that won two championships in 06 and 07, but they haven't been as consistent as the Sun Devils. The Sun Devils have won the most Pac-10 titles in the last decade. But now you have the turbulence there with Pat Murphy uh, being shown the door. Yeah. Uh, what, do you, what do you see out of the Pac-10 this year? We have three Pac-10 teams in the top 25. What's, what's your take on the Pac-10 uh, in 2010? I can't imagine it will be as bad as it was last year because it was just not a good league last year. It was very disappointing. Yeah. Um, you know, that said, I don't know if it's going to be a whole lot better. The talent uh, is so concentrated on the underclassmen. Yeah. Just the, soft, the junior and senior classes in the Pac-10 are – Pretty underwhelming. That's the way I. That, that's the reason I see that they're that the league is going to be down again this right. year. I just don't see a lot of a lot of juniors and seniors who are worth a darn. To be honest with you. And you know, I mean, a lot of that will depend on what happens with Oregon State. Yeah. They've got, they've got some big name juniors there who have not lived up to expectations yet. Um, you know, and that team on paper, their coaching staff thinks could be their best team ever. Well, I, I just if, cannot. If yeah. you know, it's a, it's a huge if. But I mean, that's the kind of potential that they think they have. We'll see. I'm not personally. I'm not buying a lot of those guys on the mound. Um, yeah, but we'll tell, see. Tell Greg Peavy and Tanner Robles do it in college. Yeah. Uh, or to me, to me, this feels a lot like Baylor last year. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it was great, a highly, highly crowded recruiting take. class that we kept waiting for and waiting for and waiting for, and it didn't happen at all for those guys. We'll see. I mean, you know, I'm reserving judgment. We certainly think that they have a chance. We put them in the top 25. The guys who have been better are the guys who were less touted. Tyler Waldron, Sam Caviglio. Exactly. I, I, I believe in those guys. Uh, even Craig Sitton. Yep. Less, more so than K-Rod, Kevin Roderick, or Tanner Robles, or Greg Peavy. Now you have Josh Osich, who we knew had an elbow injury that tempered our enthusiasm for him coming into the year. Now he's had Tommy John surgery. So... You know, this is and, and this is not a team with a lot of offense. No, it's not. And there, you know, there's no Mitch Canham on this team. Mitch Canham is not walking through that door, Aaron. That's right. And more than that, Darwin Barney is not walking through that door, and Kevin Gunderson is not walking through that door. And that's that's what made Oregon State yeah. Oregon State in yep. the on their back-to-back teams. I know Gundy, I guess, wasn't there for '07, but uh, uh, Patterson was, and Daniel Turpin was, and uh, Jonah right. Nickerson, I believe, was there for for the '06 team, not '07. That's right. Uh, he left his arm in, in Omaha. That's right. <laughs> but uh, him and John Hudgens both, but uh, one of them got a ring and one of them did not. So uh, uh, I, I think Jonah Nickerson will make that trade. And then UCLA is another team that we have ranked. Exactly. And you want to talk about pitching, UCLA, I think any team uh, – Rob, put it this way. Rob Rasmussen, by our rankings, is the top prospect in the Pac-10 this year. He's UCLA's number three starter. <laughs> and I love Rob Rasmussen. I loved him out of high school. I like him at UCLA. He had a great summer in the Cape last year. He's got one of the best breaking balls in the nation. He's a number three starter, although I'd probably slate him two because sure. I'm not as big a Trevor Bauer guy as some other people are, even though he long tosses and he's a long toss beast. But I saw him fall off a mound <laughs> and just warming up. I like to see my pitchers stay on the mound sure. as opposed to That's not unreasonable. falling. Yes. Y- UCLA, again, I feel like every year it's it's on paper. They could be really good. Um at this point, we're obviously a little bit wary of UCLA. We've been burned by them a couple of times. They're now. the Georgia Tech <laughs> of the West to, the, to, a, to an extra degree, yeah. you know, to an extra power. They, uh, this team should be really good defensively as well as on the mound. Um, the question is, will they hit? 
I don't know. Um, you know, you're relying a lot on your freshmen, your Cody Kiefer's and your, um, you know, Bo Amaral's and yeah. your Jeff Jalalish's. Um, is that how you pronounce that name? That is how you pronounce that name. That's a good pronunciation because I would have not said Jalalish. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been different than that. But those guys have to hit for them. And, you know, guys like Tyler Ramatula um, and, and Nico Gallego, <laughs> those guys have to hit better. Thank you. Um, I think you got to like the fact that there are a lot of sons of big leaguers. If you're a casual college baseball fan, a lot of sons of big leaguers in Southern California. A lot of recognizable names between yeah. UCLA and USC. USC's got Jordan Hershiser in their bullpen. They got Tom House as their pitching coach. They got Scott Boris's kid running around on the bench. I believe Chad Cruder's kid is also uh, on that team. Kate Cruder. That's right. And of course, Chad Cruder, 16 years in the big leagues. Uh, he's he's in the dugout uh, when he's not in court uh, defending himself against Chan Ho Park's <laughs> lawsuit, which is my favorite TMZ story ever because it's the first one that involves college baseball that I've right, seen. Right. Until TMZSports.com comes out. Did you know they're doing that? No, I did not. I, I hope they don't cover college baseball. Uh, that might be where we <laughs> – who knows, maybe that's where we'll uh, – we'll see some familiar faces there, I'm sure. Um, but then UCLA with Amaral, Gallego, there are a couple other big league names over there as well. Um, but the West in general, I think, is a little bit down this year. I think USD will be good. I think the yes. West Coast Conference, actually, Aaron, looks very competitive. Uh, it, it always is. I mean, that league, it's – you know, they, they tend to beat up on each other a little bit. Right. And, and um, you know – RPI-wise, they're usually not quite in, in multi-bid range. Sometimes they'll get two. Right. But, uh, I mean, USD, to me, looks very good. I, I mean, like, St. Mary's is the seventh-best team in that league, probably. And they have the league's best player who won the Triple Crown as a freshman, Troy yeah. Channing. They've got a one-two punch on the mound that's pretty good. I'm forgetting the number one guy, but, of course, personal cheeseball Kyle Bearclaw, the number two starter. Of course. Um, you got Gonzaga, which won the league last year. Has the league's best prospect, at least in the sophomore class, and Ryan Carpenter. It could be a first-round pick in 2011. I think that's fair, And yeah. they're probably a middle-of-the-pack team in the league this year because of the, some of the hitters they lost and some of the experience they lost. Even Portland, your usual doormat, has some pitching. as a former big leaguer in Larry Casey, who does a great job with their pitching staff. And the, the talent in that program, I think, is getting better. That's just a really undersold, underrated league. I think all the – I think, you know, I think most of that, that's – I hate to sound – I think the Pac-10 is actually almost a little overrated right now, and the rest of the West is kind of undersold. Cause even the yeah. bottom of the Big West is better. I think the bottom of the Mountain West is better. I think the bottom of the WAC is better. So. I think that's true. I really do. I, I believe that, um, you know, really the Big West deserves probably three or four bids most years at least. I mean, maybe yeah, five. I think, they probably, leagues. I think most years they deserve four, yeah. and they usually get three, and they're lucky to get four. Right. But, I mean, Long Beach State hasn't been a regional team for a couple of years, and – I think that'll change. Troy Buckley going back there. I think that's, yeah. a, I think that's two great tastes that go great together. I can almost there. see them as a little bit of a sleeper this year. I, 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 I wouldn't be surprised to see them back in a region. I was just headed there. I was just headed there. It's, uh, uh, we're talking a little uh, about conferences. So let's take this, uh, these podcast questions to the DeMarini Demo House podcast inbox, Aaron. Uh, first from our good friend Luke Good, who's such a good friend that his email address has Baseball America in the email address. Nice. But uh, Luke says he can't wait for college baseball to get started. Which conference do you think will be the best in the country? Will the Pac-10 rebound from a historically poor season last year? And which mid-major conference do you see having a banner 2010 campaign? So I think we're already saying the Pac-10 probably will not rebound necessarily this year. I think it has a – see it. But it could possibly be, be better. I mean, Arizona State, John, we've got them number 14 mostly because um, of, the, of what they lost. I mean, you've got to replace – you know, Jason Kipnis, Mike Leake, this year Pac-10 Pitcher and Player of the Year, and, of course, Pat Murphy. Right. How will they respond without those three guys? They've still got a lot of talent. They've got Omaha-caliber talent. And let's face it, uh, Tim Esme, I've spoken to him maybe twice over the 13 years I've been here. That's, it's not that I like him or dislike him. I have nothing personal with him or against him, but 
his track record is his track record. He had a losing record in a decent amount of time as the coach at Utah. Yeah. He leaves, and Bill Kinnenberg takes over the program, and they develop a second-round pick in Stephen Fife, and they go to regionals last year. So the program's gotten better since Coach Esme left Utah, and that's who's taken over. Your pitching coach is Ken Caduce. He did a nice job at Washington, but he did lose his job at Washington. So I, their track records are not as good as Pat Murphy's. I don't expect the program to be as good as it was when Pat Murphy Coaching was there. Coaching matters. It matters. And, it absolutely and, and matters. say what you want about Pat Murphy. The, the guy was a proven winner. No he, doubt. He got the most out of his talent most of the time. Yeah, I agree. Uh, so I think the Pac-10 Not always in Omaha, but he always got them to Omaha. That's correct. <laughs> Let's face it. So Arizona State's a flagship program of that, of that, decade, of that league, and it's down. USC has been to regionals once in the last eight years. They're down. Stanford has been to Omaha once since they went five times in a row. By their own standards, they're down. I think they're back on the way up. I like their young talent a lot. I do, too. I don't know know how quickly they're going to develop, but they look look really dangerous next year, and I think they could be dangerous this year. They have better athleticism than anyone else in this league just by dint of having Kenny DeKroger and, and Jake Stewart. Yeah, those helps. two guys, <laughs> those two guys are the best athletes in the Pac-10. Yeah. They got best athletes votes in the Pac-10 best tools surveys, and they haven't set foot on a field. You're right. The, the actually, and the guy who won best tools is not even on their team anymore, Toby Gerhardt. So, how about that? I mean, that's how athletic Stanford is. They can lose a Heisman Trophy runner-up, and they're still the most athletic team in the league. That's yeah. saying something. Uh, Stanford, I think, is a sleeper in that league. Um, but which conference is the best in the country? I mean, it has to be the SEC, doesn't it? I mean, I know the ACC yeah. has six teams in our top 25, but the SEC does too, right? SEC, SEC also does, just like the ACC. The SEC has three teams in the top ten, so you've got your, your good teams at the top. You've got depth. And, of course, I mean, the difference between the SEC and the ACC is uh, stronger at the bottom. The SEC is just playing stronger at the Absolutely. bottom. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I, I, I like, you know I, li- I like Eric Backage a lot. Yep. I think he's going to do a great job at Maryland, but... They're not going to be good this year. No. And, and Wake Forest, I don't think, is going to be very good this year. Heck, they lost their number one starter, Maryland did. They transferred Swinson, uh, to yeah. Division II school. I already forgot that. Scott but I, Swinson. I wrote the independence uh, and the small colleges so long ago, I've already forgotten where he transferred. Right. <laughs> but he transferred to the semester. So uh, that's the big reason why. Even though the bottom of the ACC is getting better, Maryland just by hiring Eric Backage. Yeah. Virginia Tech, Boston College, Duke. And Wake hiring Tom Walter as well. I like that move as well. But those other programs we all mentioned, those programs have made progress, significant progress last year by BC. Duke made very measurable progress last year, should have gotten a bid. Virginia Tech, two of the best arms in the ACC this year, are at Virginia Tech and Matt Price and uh, Jesse Hahn. And they also have Austin Waits, another guy who's a potential, you know, top Top two rounds guy. Absolutely. That's three top two rounds picks, potentially, at Virginia Tech. I mean, that's crazy. That's why, Someone that's why paid, paid Greg Levine, our resident hooky. I'm, I'm telling you that the ACC is unquestionably deeper than, than it has been. Because no I, doubt. in my opinion, there are ten teams in that league that I would not be surprised to see in regionals. And, and they're probably only going to get seven bids, maybe six. They don't ever get eight. They never, never have. They might get eight this year. Maybe. I mean, this, this might be the year because, if, you NC know. NC State also we, 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 better exactly. with, a, with a great recruiting class this year. 11th ranked recruiting class on NC State this year. That's probably the best they've ever had. This is a. I think it probably I is. Think, I think Elliot Avent and Tom uh, Tom Holiday are a great match there of a guy who really knows how to coach hitting, the head coach, and Tom Holiday, a great pitching coach. And they stumbled last year. Uh, that was an aberration. Though, I think that I think. was an aberration. I mean, they're, they're a lot more. And one of the big X factors in the whole country, and we're more familiar with them here because of our location, is Russell Wilson, the fine quarterback on their football team the last couple of years, who's not going to be a DH this year. And. And this was a guy who got a six-figure, turned down six figures out of high school 
when he was drafted in baseball by the Indians. So he's a really intriguing X factor. They could really use an, yeah. an athletic bat. Yeah, and and I think NC State. Uh, I mean, if if we're looking at the ACC, you've got six teams that I think are locks for regionals, the ones that are in our top right. twenty-five. So you really got, you know, four teams left fighting for one or two spots. NC, NC State, State um, Boston College, lost Tony Sanchez, still got a lot there. Hey, Mike Belfiore, don't leave out Mike Belfiore. Not, course, I love that so guy. That's a great point. Also. Personal cheese ball. Um, man. I think BC takes a little bit of a step back, but they're still going to be very competitive. They're very optimistic, though. They they've like got, they've got some. They've got some offense. Mickey Wiswall, yep. getting his name. And, right and, right. and you know, on the mound, they're they're in pretty good shape too. Who's the lefty? Who's their number two guy last year? Pat Dean. Uh, Pat Dean. Yeah. That guy's good. No, he's he good. good. No, they, so they they like their team. No doubt, they like their team. Duke. Duke um, will be good again. I mean, they should they should be competitive again. I mean, they, again, they lost some seniors that were key parts of their team last year, so I'm a little curious how they're going to replace those guys. Behind the plate, I think, is their biggest loss. That, Matt exactly. Williams is going to be huge. They, uh, very difficult to replace because he was a starter for three years. And then uh, who was the big donkey on the mound? They started every Saturday. Andrew uh, Walcott. Walcott. He was really good. Yeah. He was just a very good college senior pitcher. Those guys are just hard to replace, but uh, you know, and Nate Fryman, of course. I mean, you know, the, yeah. the big power. Another back big in the donkey. Lineup. That's right. So. Uh, so I mean, I think they've got some losses. They didn't lose a couple of horses. They lost a couple of donkeys yeah. as well. So. <laughs> um, and, and Virginia Tech, we talked about. So I mean, it's, it's ten teams for me that are they're potentially regional caliber. But of course, of, you know that the SEC is going to have ten or twelve regional caliber teams every right. year. Yeah, those, out of those four ACC teams, I'd say my picks to click are Virginia Tech and NC State. I like you. State's athleticism. I like Virginia Tech's pitching, and the SEC, like you said, I mean, you're. I mean, I still think it's a little bit of a building process at Mississippi State, but John Cullen already, you can see yeah. the progress they're starting to make down there. I think John Pulaski's doing the same kind of thing at Auburn, and he's got veteran talent this year. They're kind of like they're like the Baylor slash uh, Oregon State, but only yeah. with hitters. Right. Fletcher and Hunter Morris and some of these guys. Kevin and, Patterson, Kevin Patterson. Is, is almost become a non-factor yeah. for them. They really need him to This was a very tight recruiting class. Let's, you know, let's get, see these guys figured out and do it on the field and not be – Showcase kids. I like, I like their team. I mean, I I, I think that uh, you know, again, who knows what to make of them? Uh, that league is so difficult, but so competitive. We got six teams in the top twenty-five. Right outside the top twenty-five, you got Vanderbilt, and you know, which I think is going to be really good. At, right. It might be my Omaha sleeper this year. I like their team. How about that? Kentucky. Um, if if they get Paxton. Starting to look a little bit more that's, dicey. That's a huge factor for that league. Hoochie Mama. But I mean, if you got that. a rotation of Paxton, Alex Meyer, I mean, that's, a, that's an incredible one. Last, last year's recruiting class maturing for a year as sophomores yep. would be huge. And they added a really good class this year. Honestly, the more though you're talking about, though, the more I'm thinking maybe this is a year where the SEC gets seven bids and the ACC gets eight. I don't because know. Because I also think Tennessee's a little down. I, I disagree. I think Tennessee rebounds this year. That, that, I, that, that would be more of a uh, chemistry and playing together. Meaning more than talent because they lost some significant talent. Although they get they, Brian they lost some talent, Morgado, Mr. Roboto. Exactly, they still got Morgado. They've got a really good number two, and Stephen Groover, a guy who was very good in North Woods League last year, and, and in, in, in the do, SEC. They love themselves some Cody Stubbs out there as well. Cody Stubbs and Cody Hahn. They got some real power. Chris <sighs> Duffy now is a, is a transfer down from Vermont. It's a, Forgot it's about a big that addition guy. for them. Scrappy Northeastern. Uh, I mean, you know, they they really like Drew Steckenrider. I'm I'm gonna. Reserve judgment on that one from some of the things I've heard, but he certainly has undeniable tools. It's a great name as well. Um, it is. So, I mean, I, I think Tennessee actually is, is another sleeper, a team that I think has a real good shot to make a run at regionals this year. Aaron, uh, let's uh, close the podcast talking about a couple of non-BCS schools. We haven't done that enough on this right, podcast. Right. TCU, Coastal Carolina at 11 and 12, East Carolina at 18, Southern Miss at 21, who do you like out of those teams? I mean, I, I think uh, 
I think we, we disagreed a little bit on TCU versus Coastal. Um, I'm going to let you wrap up the podcast, but I, 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 TCU is kind of my Omaha sleeper, if you can call them a sleeper. I like them to break through that with their depth, but Coastal is your sleeper this year, and they're in the top 25 for the first time ever, and they're up there pretty high at 12. What, what makes you rank the Shauna Clears that high? Well, I mean, it's uh, they're really balanced. I think this could be their best club there. Uh, the one-two punch at top of the rotation with Cody Wheeler and Anthony Mayo, um, you know, that's that's better than they've ever had there. Um, and uh, you know, and, and and it's again, they've got arms in the in the in the bullpen, uh, some some power arms back there. Um, you know, some guys need to prove themselves. But uh, I mean, Brad Goldberg potentially could be a a, a shutdown closer. Um, you know, and and boy, in the lineup, John, they're just so athletic and fast. Uh, they're going to play really good defense. I think they could lead the nation in stolen bases with, with Scott Woodward and um, Chance Gilmore and Rico Dewell, three guys who are all well above average runners. Another really good athlete and Daniel Bowman. Um, I think Coastal is dangerous. I, I think that they're, um, especially with North Carolina taking a step down, I think you can throw Coastal and, and South Carolina and Clemson into a hat as kind of the best teams in that region. And, and maybe East Carolina as well. Um, you know, Certainly the Pirates have a lot back. Uh, they lost they lost some some key seniors last year, some Ryan Wood and you know those kind of guys, uh, Stephen Batts. Those guys are, are, are factors, but uh, you know they've got their, their their three guys back on the mound with uh, Seth Maness and Brad Mincy and uh, Kevin Brandt and and you know we know they've got some thunder in the lineup. They're going to hit like always with with uh, Kyle Roller and Devin Harris. So East Carolina to me is another team that uh, is certainly dangerous and, and maybe could break through that ceiling to Omaha this year. I do love, <clears throat> excuse me, I do love, Aaron, that we uh, talked about having a shorter podcast today, and it's, <clears throat> we're close to 40 minutes. That's, that's so how get, we roll. How about, so you get us started on uh, on college baseball, and it uh, it doesn't stop. The hits just keep on coming. But we do have to stop. Uh, Bo from Denton, we did not get to your question at the podcast inbox, and I apologize for that. Uh, we will get to that next week in our next college podcast, which I pro- and I promise we'll get to it. But uh, when it comes to buying a baseball bat, DeMarini just changed the game. Introducing Demo House, where you can step into the cage and hit the latest from DeMarini before you buy, because there's no substitute for hitting a real baseball or talking to people who know both bats and batting. Your demo time in the cage is free, so get the season started right. Visit your nearest Demo House today. Locations and full details can be found at DeMarini.com backslash Demo House. And Aaron, we will be back, uh, I'm not exactly sure when, probably next week. Might be the week after. The, it might be two weeks from now. Yeah. Well, another college podcast. Next week's college preview deadline week, so we might Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> but February 18th is the start of Division I uh, college baseball season. I think we're all the pretty juiced about 19th. it. I'm I think sure. it's the 18th. Maybe it is. Pretty sure it's the 18th. We're going to have a ton of games around here. I know you'll be in Greenville at Virginia at East Carolina. That's right. Uh, we've got games in Cary, Chapel Hill, Durham, and Raleigh here locally. So I think I'm going to be hitting a lot of those. Uh, I think I'm going to go to NC Central's opener, actually, at the new renovated uh, historic Durham Athletic Park. To, to open my college season. Um, but uh, we look forward to bringing you, uh, again, our unparalleled college baseball coverage. We're very lucky to be where we are and to give a uh, to give a darn like we do at, at Baseball America. We love college baseball, and if you're downloading this podcast, you probably do too. So we uh, look forward to following it throughout the season with you. For Aaron Fit, I'm John Manuel. Thanks so much for the download. Until next week, so long, everybody. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. 
Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.